as the children and the youth uh, go to their classes, it's my privilege to um, be able to introduce uh, our speaker this morning. Um, I met the Ngube family, Notsento, Nathan, and Neville in 2016, shortly after my first trip to Zimbabwe, when I delivered a package uh, for them from their loved ones at home. And we've been friends since then. Um, they live in Mount Joy, and they've been part of the Mount Pleasant Brethren in Christ Church while here in the States. Interestingly, I'm not the only one here at HBIC who would call Toe their friend. Felistus Munakombwe from Zambia and Toe both came to the U.S. in the same year to serve in a Mennonite Central Committee uh, program for young adults back in the 1990s. What's in the 90s, right? Yeah. 96, 97. In 96, 97. Um, their family came to PA in 2015 to study here as part of their ministry development. Uh, both Notsen and Toe have earned master's degrees from Eastern Mennonite University while here. And currently, um, Notsen is working on a doctoral degree in leadership at Lancaster Bible College. Nathan is a senior at Messiah University, and Neville is a senior in high school. Uh, Notsen and Toe are both very gifted and highly esteemed leaders within the Brethren in Christ Church in Zimbabwe. Their deep faith, their yearning to learn, their bent toward prayer, their passion to help people in need, and their perseverance through the profound difficulties that our brothers and sisters in Zimbabwe face have all been a true inspiration to me through these years. So one of the great blessings that I had in 2018 when I returned to Zimbabwe was to get to hear Toe preach one of the sermons at the general conference gathering of the church there. And today our Harrisburg BIC family is blessed as well to welcome Toe to share God's word with us. So let's give her a warm HBIC welcome. I would like to greet the church in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so humbled for the introduction that Pastor Linda just gave us. But above all, I want to thank God for planning for us to fellowship with you today. And I would like to thank um, the pastoral team, especially through the leadership of Pastor Johnson, for inviting me to come, me and my family, to come and uh, fellowship together today. Pastor Linda has said um, uh, at least a little bit about who we are. I would, um, I'm not going to repeat that, but um, I'm just going to share about our next level of life. Uh, since she has mentioned that uh, we came here in January 2015, our passion um, is on peace building, resilience building, conflict transformation, leadership development, and pastoral care. And um, she has mentioned that we have done our studies. That was the main reason for us to be here in the States, to seek 
uh, training in those areas so that we can help the church back home. And uh, what is surprising is that for my husband and I, ever since we came here in America, we have never had peace. Um, we have never felt like this is home. For some reason, we, we have been home almost every day in our thoughts and in our minds and in our speaking and in our planning. So we don't doubt that God is behind the whole process. And just yesterday, uh, my husband was planning to get his ticket to go back home in December. And as he was on the phone trying to purchase this ticket, he gets a call from the bishop back home to say they have a new assignment for him to come and start working as the, one of the district overseers from January 2021. And would like to thank God for that. And um, I already started working with the Theological College of Zimbabwe from November the 1st this year as an adjunct lecturer in the practical theology department. So at least we look back and we could tell that God is behind um, the families, behind every move that we make. And we want to appreciate uh, Pastor Hank. I don't know if you remember that when you requested that I come and speak to the church today, you one, something that you mentioned to me that touched my heart so much was that uh, we've been praying for your family as the church. And um, when you said that, I was like, this is one of the churches that have contributed in us not having peace and not uh, telling ourselves that this is home here. So thank you for mentioning that. And we, we want to appreciate your prayers for us um, and thank God for the assignments that he has for us already. Please, uh, if you think of us, keep praying for us because it's not easy. But we believe that we can do all things through Christ who give us strength. We are going to get into today's word. And we find our way today from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Before I read the word and before we proceed, I would like to say a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you, my dear Lord, this morning. Father, thank you for, for this time that we are going to have to dine and open our hearts and have you speak to each and one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you know each individual that's here present today, because in your word you say you, know, you even know the hair that is in our head. And Lord, that, that is so clear to us that we cannot hide anything from you. I bring this church that you have sacrificed your life for through your blood at the cross. Lord, I bring them to you that you may speak to them, that you may engulf them with the power of your Holy Spirit. In your loving name, I pray, amen. Today we find our word from Luke chapter 15. I'll, I'll speak from 
verses 11 to 32, but I'd like to say a little bit about the context of this uh, passage of scripture. We, it is a well-known passage of scripture, I think, that most of us have always heard over and over again in our spiritual, spiritual journey. But I, I, I would like us to uh, remain with three points uh, from this passage of scripture that we are going to, 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 to read from today. In this context, we find Jesus being encountered by the um, tax collectors and other notorious sinners, the Bible says, from, verse, from verses one. Um, and Jesus himself, him, himself brings a story, the parable. He brings three stories, the first one of the lost sheep, and then the next one, according to the sequence of the English Bible, the lost coin. And the third one that I'm going to deal with today, the lost sheep. And uh, from verses 11, we find Jesus tells a story for us to learn from, from the original audience to learn from, and for us as well to learn from, from um, about a man who had two sons. And um, the youngest one, he had an elder and the youngest son, the youngest one decided to do what I call in my culture, decided to insult his father and ask for his inheritance. I know with most cultures it is um, insane. It is an insult. It's something that is not called for. He decided to call for, to, to ask for the portion of his inheritance while his dad was alive. And, and, and uh, 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 I've also learned that this was unacceptable in the Middle East culture as well. And, and his father responded to his request. And the son decided to leave the family. He decided to leave his home. And he decided to leave his own people and go to a faraway country and uh, waste his father's hard-earned money to spend his inheritance on wild living. So uh, I'm going to start reading then um, from verses 14 to verses um, uh, 20 and hear what happens after this request and um, after an unusual response of a father and what we can learn from this father that is brought here in this story by Jesus himself. Verse 14 reads, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he, became, he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him to feed his pigs. The boy became so hungry that even the pawns he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired men have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. Verse 19, 
and I'm no longer worth of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired man. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worth of being called your son. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. When it dawned on the sun. Now our first point is to see an embracing father in this story. When it dawned on the son who decided to leave his family, who decided to leave his homeland and spend his, his inheritance on wild living, he spent everything to an extent that he, he, he suffered. He starved, and he, 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 he ended up degrading himself, according to the culture, beyond belief by eating with the pigs. And even in that situation, he decided he comes back to his senses and decides to go back to his father and seek for forgiveness. And here is what the embracing father does to this son. The Bible says, the father hold his son closely. He hugged him. He kissed him and accepted him back at home as his son. I want to believe that even his condition as somebody who was even associated with the pigs, he was smelly. But the father doesn't even look at that. He embraces him. He hugs him. He brings him closely. It's as if he, he, he doesn't even smell the bad smell that the son brings home. And what touched me the most when I was reading about this son is that um, the father had always, it sounded like the father had always been looking up outside the road and expecting his son to come back one of those days. The father sounds like he didn't have peace at all about this missing son. He was always thinking of him. We don't hear more of the mother in the story, but since we are um, looking at the embracing father today, I decide to look at this so desperate father who is thinking of his son every hour, his lost son every hour. And this embracing father, when the son comes back, when at least his heart settles now, he is happy, he is filled with joy that my lost son is back home. He doesn't stop there. He doesn't even mind that when his son left, it was a disgrace even to the whole family and also to the whole community. You know, when something happens like that in a village, it, 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 as a parent, you almost feel like you are naked in the community. I'm sure, you know, if it was me, I would even be afraid to go out to the community. 
you know, and, 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 and fellowship with other people because of the humiliation that my son could have done to me. But then here is the father. The word says he even ran by seeing this lost son coming back home, seeing him from afar. He even ran to meet his son who was back home. He didn't even think about, you know, asking on, why are you so dirty? Why are you so smelly? Or, or asking a number of questions. But then what he does was to concentrate on the coming home of the lost son and celebrate with him. The Bible says the father, you know, requested that people come together to celebrate with this son. I like the way he, he puts it. He says in verse 24, the son of mine was dead. He has now returned home. He was lost, but now he is fine, found. Hallelujah. Sometimes these stories, they make me have some questions. Like this one in particular, I was wondering why? Why really, why celebrating a disrespectful son? Why celebrating a disrespectful son? And it took me back to, to the first story of a stray sheep and also a lost coin. The shepherd knew for the, for, for, for the sheep story, the shepherd knew that the 99 sheep that were in the, in the sheephold, they were safe. But that one sheep that had strayed was in danger. The, sheep, the, 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 the shepherd was afraid that that one sheep that, that had strayed was vulnerable to the dangerous animals and they were going to lose it. And so with the lost coin, and what is it that Jesus wants us to learn from this embracing father? Is that each and one individual is valuable to the Lord. God loves each and one of us so great that he doesn't even care what we have gone through in life as long as we confess with our mouth, as long as we confess to him with our mouth that we are sorry, like this young brother, like this son, this little son, that came back home and confessed his sin to his dad, God accepted him. His father accepted him. He embraced him. And that's the lesson that we are learning even us today, that no matter how much we have missed in this journey. If we confess with our mouth, we have a loving father who embraces us. We have a loving father who is ready and has an unconditional love to accept us. Amen. He is a loving father. We find this also in the same story. He is a loving father, a father showing unconditional love to his two lost sons. Despite their rudeness, the young son insulting his father 
by wishing him he was dead and asking for his inheritance. He, he doesn't count that on him. And now to see the unconditional love that this father shows to his children in this story, I want us to look at the response of this eldest brother. The Bible says, when the, the, when the younger son came home, the eldest brother was working in the fields. And so when he had the celebration at home about his young brother, he came and he was told that the younger brother is now back home. And now what we see from the eldest brother is shocking. Instead of celebrating that his little brother is back home alive, he is angry. He is mad. He doesn't care about his little brother. One might want to believe that he had a right to be angry, right? Because he stayed home working very hard and he was loyal and obedient to his father. But I agree, he deserved maybe a very big party before this little brother came home. I agree, that's normal and that's acceptable. He deserved to be treated well. He deserved to be appreciated by the parents. But then his response about the coming back of his little brother exposes who he is. It surely exposes on who, who, who he is. To me, it sounded like he was rubbing off all the hard work that he's been doing. To me, it sounds like he has some internal issues that he has to deal with before what, I mean, what we see in him. He was struggling from resentment. And what shocks me more is the way, the rudeness, the way he speaks to his dad when his father comes out of the house and then tries to explain that, come on, come join us. Your brother is right here with us. And what is his response in verse 3? He says, this son of yours, another insult. How can you dare say that to your father? This son of yours, at least in my culture, is improper. You can't speak like that to your father. This son of yours. And he, start, he starts to, you know, relate to him on how good he's been. And his father is like, no, that's not the point. We are celebrating a life here. Can't you see that we've been with you for all this time here? Everything that we have as a family is yours. It's ours. But now here is your brother. He is back home and is worth celebrating with him. But still, he doesn't want to understand that resentment in him exposes him. He is angry and he shows us that he, he has a spirit of unforgiveness. 
What are we learning from this elder brother? Don't you think this elder brother is like one of us here in the church? Don't we sometimes feel like we are better than other brethren? I know that some of us might have been in the church from since when we were children and we've been following the rules like the Pharisees. We have been good. We have not left our families to go to a faraway country to spend money with prostitutes. We have always been in the church. But what is it that exposes you like the eldest brother? The eldest brother has been good, obeying his father. He stayed home. He didn't go anywhere. To, he didn't ask for the portion of his inheritance while his father was still alive. But he was always at home, but lost. He is lost because when his little brother comes home, he is angry. He doesn't want to be part of the celebration. Are we not like that sometimes, brethren? One might want to think I've been always been obedient. I've been always giving tithes. I've been always supporting the orphans. I have been always giving and always working hard in our church to make sure that things run smoothly. But what is it that you are struggling with in your heart that us as the church cannot see with our naked eye? God is calling for that very thing that you are struggling with. Yes, we feel so much blessed to have you here at church to do all the work, but it's more than that. God needs that inner man of yours. He is a loving father. Even when his two lost sons insult him and embarrass him in the community, he still opens his hands and allows them, and speak politely to them, the Father with an unconditional love. I think the parents here will agree with me that as we raise our children, that God bless us with in our homes, we don't love our children just because they are good kids. I know that sometimes they hurt us, especially when they get to, the, to being teenagers. I remember one time, one of my brethren back home, when our boys were little, he came to me and said, you enjoy these boys while they are still little like that, when you are still telling them what to do and they obey. Wait until they get to teenage age. I know as parents, we don't give our children love just because they are good. We love them even if they hurt us because they are our blood. They are our children, right? 
And that's what this father with unconditional love is demonstrating here. That's what Jesus is teaching these Pharisees and these notorious sinners through this story. There is a father who loves us unconditionally. I always teach our boys back home that home is the only institution that tolerates your mistakes. I keep telling them here at home, you can do all the mistakes. We'll tolerate you, one, because we love you unconditionally, two, because you are our blood, three, because we don't want you to repeat the same mistake out there. If you repeat this same mistake that you did to us as your parents, you will lose friends. If you repeat the same mistake that we taught you here at home and do it out there in, the, in your job, you will lose a job. So home is the best place for you to practice all your nonsense. <laughs> and we will tolerate you and continue to love you because you are our blood. Here we are from the a lesson that we learned from this eldest brother who displayed resentment about his little brother. What is it that we are learning today? We have a loving father. We have a loving father who is always there for us and who is always merciful. That brings us to our third point. He is a merciful father. Talking of being a merciful father, I was taken to Jonah 3, chapter 10. The pastor told me that you've been going through the book of Jonah. And as I conclude this message, I would want to read this verse, Jonah 3, chapter 10. When God saw that they had put a stop to their evil ways, he had mercy on them and didn't carry out the destruction he had threatened. This made Jonah mad. When God displayed his mercy towards his people. But then I would also want to, 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 to conclude in saying he is a merciful father. If we confess with our mouth, and this is what we see here in Jonah 3 verse 10. If we confess our sins, just like what the little brother did, when he came back to his senses, he decided to come home and apologize and confess to his father and say, I have sinned against you, and I know that I have sinned against God. I am now back home so that you don't treat me like your own son, but just like any of your workers. And a merciful father says, no, you are my son. You are my blood. And that's what Jesus is calling us today, this morning, even as a second um, audience, that if we confess what we have been struggling with throughout this Christian journey, God is faithful. A merciful father is faithful 
to deal with you, to help you, because he needs us to partake in that celebration that happened when one ship was found. He wants us to partake in that celebration that happened when that one coin was lost in the house. He wants us to partake in that celebration when that lost son was found. Wouldn't you want to be one of those that celebrate? I invite you, brethren, this morning, if we can be true and be honest to ourselves, we know what we've been struggling with over the years. And God is exactly calling for that very thing that you know. And sometimes you think of it and you want to ignore. It's there. You know it. God is calling for that very one thing that you struggle with. I'd like to share this story before I end. In my country, we have um, a challenge uh, of tribalism. And sometimes um, people expose them, themselves, especially in the church. And um, speaking of people who have been born in the church and doing very well at church and we think they are like angels and they never do anything wrong, tribalism is one of the things that exposes brethren sometimes. I've noticed over the years that sometimes when you sing a song from another tribe, some people will be so offended. They've been good. They've been faithful Christians according to our own witness. But something behind what we can see is bothering them. And I want to believe that you cannot take the part on celebration if you have such issues that you are struggling with. Sometimes you hear people saying, I can't. I can't talk to my dad. I can't talk to my mother. It's been years now without talking to them because they are impossible. They wronged me uh, years ago, and I can't talk to them. If you can't talk to your own mother that bore you, how do you talk to your father who is in heaven that you have never even touched with your naked hands? How do you talk to your father in heaven? May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us, church, to deal with those inner, inner challenges that we face in our lives. May God be with you. May God be with you. I'm inviting you to an embracing father. No matter how much you think your sins are, we have an embracing father that even embraces us, even when we are smelly. We have a, a loving father that loves us unconditionally, even if our own parents don't love us, but there is one loving father that loves us unconditionally, despite the hurts that we have done to them. And we have always have a merciful father that will accept us as we are. Thank you. May God bless you even as we ponder upon this word in our respective places. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Sister Toe. We're going to close.